If you want to work remote, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think one of the biggest things is just like skill development, right? Like there's a bunch of skills out there that if you know how to do like your ability to work remote, it becomes very easy. So like the thing that I learned how to do is um, digital advertising and marketing. Uh, you know, my, my friends that are developers can work remote. My friends that are writers can work remote. So like there's a huge number of skills that just give you the ability to work remote. Want to discover new parts of the world while filling the pet-shaped hole in your heart? House Sitting website Trusted House Sitters gives you the chance to live as a local in over 130 countries, opening the door to a world of travel possibilities. And with thousands of pets looking for caring sitters like you every day, there's no doubt you'll discover the perfect travel opportunity with the perfect travel companion. Whether you want to wake up in a Spanish beach condo with a cat or a high-rise apartment in New York City with canine company, house-sitting allows you to see the world in a new way. And not to worry if cats and dogs aren't your thing. Trusted house-sitters has pets of all shapes and sizes, from alpacas and horses to rabbits and hamsters. Find out more about house-sitting and unlock a whole year of unlimited sits with adorable pets by visiting trustedhousesitters.com or download the Trusted House-sitters app on the Apple or Google Play Store. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and today's guest is Bryce Gump from MajorImpactMedia.com. Bryce is living in Barcelona, Spain, and originally comes from Texas in the United States, and he's focused on growing his team at Major Impact Media and making the best environment for success for his team and his clients. Bryce, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, Bryce, you are currently in Barcelona, which is a very interesting place i imagine to be at this time uh, for all digital nomads and expats so how are things over there for you yeah things are going good man we're kind of where the city's on lockdown right now so um i moved to barcelona here about a year and a half ago and absolutely just love living here it's been um an amazing quality of life uh but we're all kind of you know it sounds like worldwide we're going through the same thing we're on lockdown here so um you know, you can leave the house for essentials and, and that's it. And would that affect, you know, you, would you typically work out a uh, co-working spaces and stuff like that? Is that how you would normally operate? Yeah. So normally I would be at a co-working space that's right down the street from my house. Um, just about a five minute walk, but, um, for the next couple of weeks, we're all working from home. So thank God for, for working remote. Um, it hasn't been yeah. a huge hit for, for me and the team, like we've been able to just, you know, work from home and keep doing what we always do. I feel I, I feel a lot of gratitude that we have that going because a lot of people are, are not able to work right now because they don't have remote work. That's it. I mean, in, in Ireland, uh, I believe there's been like 14, uh, 140,000 people's jobs have been affected. I know people, I know people who've been let go, you know, and um, people who work in, uh, let's say, front of house positions. And it's it's going to be a difficult time. And, and like you're saying, I'm I'm very grateful too. You know, I'm grateful that I can work remote and that I don't have to be majorly impacted. I don't have to travel. So I guess we're, we're in the fortunate bunch. But, you know, before there was any virus or, or any issue, 
you know, I was an advocate um, for promoting remote work <laughs> and, you know, companies that can do it, um, helping people. But of course, there's always going to be people um, who do jobs that can't be, you know, like I have lots of friends who are builders and carpenters mm-hmm. and painters and, you know, like a lot of my mates would be uh, building related jobs, you know. So, I mean, they can't work from home <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever, because, <laughs> you know, that's just that's just the nature of it. So, um, so look, Bryce, let's let's wind it back a little bit. So, you know, looking over your website is majorimpactmedia.com. And, you know, it says that you finished school in 2012 and then you started getting into running eBay and selling um, selling stuff online, doing a bit of e-commerce. So it sounds like you were quite entrepreneurial right from uh, a younger age. Yeah. So I actually, my first introduction with with selling stuff online, that was actually a, a friend of mine's eBay store and he hired me to help him run it. And that was the first time I ever got to see like how people were selling stuff on the internet. While I was in college, he actually just paid my rent every month for me to help him ship stuff and list stuff on eBay. But like through that experience, I saw kind of this, how this kind of online business worked, you know, like at the time, our biggest way to make sales was to figure out how to like rank stuff on eBay to become the number one listing. (laughs) Yeah. Like to become the number one listing. And so that was a really cool experience. But the challenge that we always dealt with was that we had to ship these products to people. So we had a living room full of inventory and we would have to deal with shipping and packages would get lost and all this stuff. That was a little frustrating. And then when I got done with college, came across some people who were selling digital products online. And that was super interesting for me because they were still selling stuff on the internet, but we had they had removed that whole process of inventory and... Uh, shipping and dealing with products not working when they get there because we were selling used electronics on eBay, so sometimes products wouldn't work. But like all that was solved when people were selling like digital eBooks at the time, and then starting to get into digital courses. And so that's how I like really dove into the online world right after college. Was I was a bartender through college, and I got done and realized that probably wasn't going to be like a, a solid career. So I started like doing some projects with people online and like helping them with their website sites and helping them with stuff and that just kind of snowballed into what I do today. Yeah, it's, um, I, I did the same. I worked in a, a nightclub in Galway in Ireland uh, called Central Park Nightclub when I was a younger man and going through college. <laughs> so very similar situation and, and then left and uh, went traveling myself. I ended up going to Spain, Salou, which is not far from Barcelona um, and, and living there for a little while. Um, so uh, I guess good, good to see. So you were looking forward and looking at the online and that was where you seen opportunity, I guess. Yeah. I think that, you know, part of what helped me get started was I just saw this, uh, this big opportunity with, I started working with local businesses was really like my first set of clients because a lot of them just didn't have the technical ability to put up websites and, do some really basic stuff around, you know, promoting their website with, you know, just like even getting it listed on Google or adding new content to their website. And that was kind of the first couple of projects that I ever did. But one of my clients actually, like uh, one of my first clients, they were spending money on Google AdWords. Um, If you're familiar with that platform, it's like the Google Ads advertising platform. And they were spending some money there every month. and, And so I said, great, how's that going for you? And they were like, well, we don't know. And I was like, well, what do you mean you don't know? And they're like, we don't have any like tracking or reporting on it. We just spend, you know, like I think a thousand dollars a month on it. And, you know, that's all we know. 
And so I was like, well, let's fix that for you. So that that's how I got into like the paid advertising world was through this first client uh, of mine who was spending money, but not doing a great job. And so they let us come in and we, you know, figured out how to set up tracking with Google's free tracking platform, Google Analytics. And then we started optimizing their ads for them and giving them reports on how many leads they were getting and what ads were doing best. And that's like really what got me started in the paid ads world, which is what I do now. Like we have, you know, it's a small agency. We run paid advertising for a number of companies. And, you know, that was, that was the first time I ever did that was like six years ago. And here we are. Yeah. And and that was, you know, coming from you trying to add value to that client that you had, you know, ultimately that's where that came from. Um, you know, people might listen to that and think that's crazy, but you know, I've seen it time and time again, similar to what you're saying, people just set up ads or have somebody set up ads, local businesses typically, and they don't really know if it's working, you know, they just have a budget for it and they set the budget and they'll put in the brand names and some broad keywords and, and they kind of leave it. So it's not until somebody who has more experience, um, shines a light on it and, and, you know, optimizes it essentially. And that's where you um, started to uh, help that client. So did you look, when you were looking for new clients, you mentioned local clients. So were you doing some, you know, on the ground stuff, like doing your, your B&I in your chamber of commerce, or were you advertising online for your local area? How did you get, pick up those first um, clients? Yeah. So the first couple of clients that I had were, mostly through people that I knew. So I came from Austin, Texas. Luckily in in Austin, Texas, there's just this huge community of people who work online in the internet marketing world. And so one of the best things I ever did when I was getting started in this online world was I went on meetup.com and I went and found a bunch of meetups around people who were doing online businesses and internet marketing and all this stuff. And I found a bunch of meetups. There was, you know, like a Tim Ferriss four-hour workweek meetup. There was a Austin Entrepreneurs meetup. There was a internet. There was one called the Internet Marketing Party, and I just went to a bunch of meetups. Most of them sucked, to be honest. Like most of them <laughs> were a couple of people in a room with no experience, and there wasn't really great conversations happening. But I just kept showing up to these things, and I found two that were like actually like pretty good. Like they had good turnout. They had good people. And I honestly found one that like changed my life. So I can track back most of the people that I first started working with to somebody that I met at this meetup called the Internet Marketing Party, where a bunch of people in Austin would meet up once a month and talk about uh, internet marketing and what was working on the internet now. And um, once people got to know me and they kind of knew what I was doing, they would refer business to me. And uh, that's how I like really got most of my clients. That's amazing to hear. Do you know that? Because like, I I know what you mean about going to these meetups and sometimes they're not very good or they're very vanilla or, or very basic and beginner. And I've been to ones that are just shameless sales plugs. You know, people just trying to sell you stuff like from the second you get in the door. But like you're saying, it's not necessarily the content is the people that you meet when you're there and you know, I think that that about conferences as well and um, like you're speaking about Barcelona I went to affiliate world in Barcelona last July it was the people you met you know I met such amazing people at the conference yes the content was good but it was the people who I met there who can help develop you as a person and develop your business even further was the ultimate what came out of attending that conference at that event so um good to hear that's what happened so then as you started to grow you know, did you look to bring in help? Um, you know, you, you mentioned you have a team now. So 
I imagine at the start, it was probably just yourself, was it? Um, or how did that look? Yeah. So I think that something that like has been really interesting on this path of kind of learning how to build this business and, and make an income online has been like, when I first got started, I kind of had this like idea that I would just be this solo person, um, you know, making money on the internet somehow. I think that works with different business models, but if you're like, a, especially if you're like a service-based person or a freelancer, um, that's really challenging, I think. Um, and especially in the paid advertising world, it's, it's, um, I wouldn't suggest like trying to be a lone wolf making it in the paid advertising world because there's just a lot to do. And if you want to grow a, a good sized business, you can't do it alone. So, um, after trying to, after kind of freelance, um, freelancing, doing advertising campaigns for people for probably like the first almost three years of, of doing this, I finally decided to like start hiring some help. And I initially started by hiring contractors to help me with specific parts of projects. So I had copywriters and I had people who would kind of help me with some of the reporting stuff. And a couple of times I, I hired some people to help me manage particular campaigns for clients uh, but what I really found was a lot of that was just, it was challenging to find contractors and freelancers who wanted to, to invest the kind of attention that I was looking for in order to like deliver really good results for our clients. Um, and so after doing a lot of just like contractors and freelancers, I, I finally just like hired somebody full time to just fully focus on, on our business and our clients and what we're working on. Uh, for the first time about maybe a year, a year and a half ago, maybe a little over a year and a half ago, I think I hired my first person to just work for us full time. And um, that's been one of the best moves I've ever made for this business, because now we have a full time team member who's fully dedicated to making sure our clients are getting the kinds of results that they need. Um, they're really invested in learning our business and helping us take it to the next level. So between myself, my full-time person, and a couple of contractors that help us with like individual things, um, that's like really changed the way that we operate. And now we're actually looking to bring on another full-time person um, and just keep growing that way. That's solid because I guess I know what you mean where you're, when you're hiring in individual people. Now, it is, there is obviously a benefit to hiring um, individual experts for specific tasks. But like you're saying, to have somebody who's invested in the business, who's invested in the growth of the business and who knows all the clients and the nuances with the campaigns, uh, you know, you, you do need that person who's a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more um, full-time. So delighted to hear that. So that was about a year and a half ago. And then that obviously frees you up to um, spend your time on maybe some of the more high-impact things. So now that you have grown and, you know, you're more online, how have you managed to get clients? Um, you know, what does that look like now versus when you began and you were going to these meetups? And you also live in Barcelona, so <laughs> I imagine you're not at the Texas, the Texas Internet Marketing Party. <laughs> I'm not at the Internet Marketing Party anymore. Um, but I, I do a lot of this business does come from referrals still. So I still get a lot of business from um, other agencies that know what kind of work we do and. Um, you know, are, are talking to a client that's maybe not a good fit for them, but knows it's a good fit for us. Um, and we, you know, something I try to make sure that we do is like we have a referral program. So if somebody sends us a client, you know, we make sure someone gets a, a bonus for that and try to make it really clear that they um, can continue to get that bonus if they keep sending us good clients. A lot of people who have worked with 
past projects for us. Like they'll send us different business as well. Um, and then like part of what I'm working on doing now, and this is just kind of, this is like a, a 2020 goal for me is for us to really start to build out like an online presence. Cause that's not something we've really done. I've got a couple of clients from having a website, but it's just like really competitive out there. And we just kind of had a standalone website for a long time that people could go to and sign up from, but we didn't really like try to like do content or drive any traffic to that. Um, but now that we are building the business and kind of trying to, to grow it to, you know, a bigger team, like we do want to start getting that going. So this year I've got a writer. So just like you said, yeah, it's like, you know, we have a number of contractors we work with on particular things. So I've got a writer that does some work for us and got a video editor that started helping us out doing some stuff. So we're working on like building that content machine out now so that, um, you know, three, four years from now, we have a reputation for providing a lot of really valuable content in the marketplace around paid advertising. Yeah, that seems to be, you know, that's the way to do it these days, isn't it? You know, to create this content, the video, the audio, the text, the images, and that's what will stand, make you stand out as the expert in the marketplace. Um, you do have a podcast, so, uh, you know, we're going to jump in here and, and mention this as well. It's called the Build It Online podcast and you run it with Mike Sebastian. Um, so how did that come about and how long have you been doing that for? Yeah. So um, Mike is a buddy of mine that we actually were like internet buddies. We met working on a, on a, on a project for a client and um, became really good friends. And uh, I've only met him, I think twice in real person in person, but we talk <laughs> all the time. Run a podcast. <laughs> yeah, Mike and I. Uh, Mike also runs an advertising agency, but he runs an e-commerce focused agency, and I focus more on people who have like digital products and digital offerings these days. Um, so we're kind of in the same world, but a little different uh, client focus. And we had both really wanted to like get started creating content, like you said. Like this is kind of the future. This is. Um, what you need to do. And and I think one of the things that I learned after doing this for a while is like, you know, if it's just 100% dependent on me to do it, I, I usually fall off because there's just a lot of things going on when you are trying to like run and grow a business like this one. And so, um, you know, what I've been trying to do is figure out how we put systems in place to make this stuff happen. And so one of the things I did with Mike was I was like, hey, let's do this together. Um, and let's figure out how to launch a podcast. And so we launched the Building It Online podcast last October, where um, me and Mike talk about our experience building online businesses. And uh, we also interview other business owners and hear about their experience building online businesses. And that's been a really cool thing because we've gotten to connect with a bunch of cool people and we're getting to put out content on a regular basis. And it also just kind of got some momentum going for us. So like I said, we launched this last October um, and then, you know, like with a lot of new things, right, there was kind of some friction getting it going because we were trying to learn how to do all this the first time. But once we got it going, it's like now it's pretty smooth sailing to do a new podcast episode. So that was kind of the start of our content machine. And then in 2020, we, you know, we're both committing to doing our own content for our agencies. And so we're kind of like content buddies, even though he's doing stuff for his and I'm doing stuff for mine. We've got the podcast together. We both started doing some videos that we're posting on YouTube. Um, we both started working with a writer who's doing content for our blogs and um, just, yeah, kind of starting to build that reputation up in the marketplace for being people who are uh, really good at what we do in the space that we work in. 
Yeah, that's solid. And yeah, one of the big things uh, I have found, or not have found, in hindsight, if I was doing another podcast, I'd do one with a, with a, where I have a co-host. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, it'd be easier just to talk about topics uh, versus always having a scheduled guest, which is the approach I've taken. And it's not to say that in the future, I mightn't. I might change it and I might pivot, but uh, I would definitely... I've spoken to a number of people who've launched um, podcasts uh, that are guest only and, and almost everybody at two or three years down the line says it would be a lot easier if you had a course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because you can batch record and you could just jump on a Saturday morning and, and do a bunch of episodes and be ahead for a couple of weeks. And it's a bit difficult when you're collaborating calendars from across the world. And for me, that's been one of the, the biggest challenges. But um, I mean, once again, it's not that difficult. You just need to um, allocate the appropriate time. So it's, it's not a difficult challenge to overcome, but it has been yeah, just uh, that's my one takeaway. I, I guess I will probably launch another podcast. I was thinking about doing one in e-commerce, um, but I would have a co-host. <laughs> so, one thing that's been really nice with me and Mike, and uh, you know, I almost kind of feel like we're cheating, but it's been going really well. So, um, we kind of have the format of um, either Mike and I will talk about a topic that we know about, which is really fun because we just jump on and jam about whatever we want, and then um, if we do an interview. Instead of trying to coordinate three people's schedules, either Mike will interview them or I will interview them, but we won't try to coordinate everyone's schedules. So um, we really just like we're way ahead on content because um, between the two of us, we're just able to interview a bunch of people, do a bunch of episodes together, talk about stuff we really love and meet really cool people. And um, it's been super good. So and yeah, actually, kind of like you were saying, now that we've gotten the system down, I'm getting ready to launch a new podcast because this one, we've been interviewing people who are online entrepreneurs, and it's been super cool to connect with people building online businesses. And we really kind of take the focus of sharing, uh, you know, like what it's like to run an online business from a high level. And now, um, now that I've seen, you know, now that we know how to launch a podcast, we're like, why don't we do another one of these? We'll do it just about advertising. We'll do it just in our space. Um, And that becomes like just a new content machine for us. So now that, like I said, now that we've kind of gotten in the flow of doing, I resisted doing content for so long. And I think it was partly because I didn't know what content was easiest for me. Like writing takes me forever. I'm a really slow writer. Uh, I can, I feel like I can write good, but it takes me a while. Video, I enjoy doing, um, but I didn't in the beginning. And it, it takes it's a cumbersome thing to like get the right shot and set up video equipment and find an editor and do all this stuff. Podcasting, I have found is just kind of like something that works great for me. I can jump on a podcast and talk for hours. Yeah, here we are. I'm in Ireland. You're in Spain, self-isolated, <laughs> talking on a podcast. Still doing it. So, yeah, still, yeah. still doing it. And it goes out. And it, and, and it, like you're saying, I mean, one of the things that I have found anyway, personally, is, is you know, the guests that you meet and the network that you build and, and also just the emails. You get the emails from the most random of people in your inbox that just come out of nowhere, you know, and it's like you kind of forget that after you record and, and publish, like off it goes out into the ether and, and you know, there's thousands of people listening to it. And, you know, you, you, then you get these emails and there's opportunities and there's people wanting to be guests. And, there, you know, there's all these different scenarios that come out of it, speaking opportunities and virtual summits like you know and i'm only doing this a year and a half but i guess you i wouldn't have seen that coming but you know slowly but surely things start to build and and um yeah it starts to be a benefit yeah 
Um, uh, something somebody told me before as well, which I thought was really good, is uh, to if you have a service-based business like yours, it's very specific, that you should interview your dream clients. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like interview, set up a podcast, like even if you have a separate one, like you're saying, but have one podcast that's solely directed at interviewing your dream clients. And you'll, you you might find it difficult to get these people on the phone, to get them to have demos, which are all these sorts of things. But to get them on a podcast is fairly like, I mean, I would say 90% success rate when you pitch people for podcast episodes. Like most people want to come on because they want to, you know, talk about their business, share their story, share their journey. It's a lot easier to get somebody on a podcast and then following the podcast after you have some rapport, then you pitch them. (laughs) So there's a guy. You're right. No, I I know some people who, who do exactly that. Yeah, there was a guy who, um, I can't remember his name, but I have him lined up to come on as a podcast um, guest, but that's his entire business, is helping people set up podcasts that do, that operate exactly like this. <laughs> so, you know, they have the whole the whole framework and everything. But when he explained it to me, I was like, God, that's really smart. <laughs> so uh, if I was to, you know, have a very specific service-based business, I would definitely be, be taking that approach. Um so, so look, let's talk a little bit about, you know, managing a global team. So, you know, you have a, a small but lean team and you're based in um, Barcelona. Are your team distributed around the world or do they come and join you in a co-working space uh, down there in Barcelona? Um, so it just so happened that the one full-time person I have is located here in Barcelona. So we get to see each other um, at least once a week, maybe a few times more, but something that I'm really trying to do and, and, um, is like build a really remote team and a remote culture. So a lot of the contractors that we work with are based all around the world uh, for different things. And then um, my full-time employee, Sophie, she you know comes into the office when she wants to, if we want to chat about stuff or she works from home um, when she wants to. Right now we're all working from home here in Barcelona and it's been really smooth for us to just transition right to it. It hasn't given us any hiccups because we're really used to Um, working in this environment. And so it was definitely a process to learn how to do all this because like coming from the background of bartending, like I didn't know anything about what it really takes to run a business efficiently or run projects and all that stuff. So over time, we've just, you know, just through trial and error and learning stuff, figured out like what tools to use best, how to manage projects. I think that's just a lot of, especially running a service-based business. It's like, how do you efficiently deliver results. There's so many companies that do the same thing, but a lot of companies are really bad at it because um, they can't be efficient. And so something we try to do is just be super efficient, um, get everything done, uh, make it really easy for the employees that work with us. If we have a contractor come on to do something, everything's super spelled out. They don't have to figure anything out on their own time. Like They just know exactly what they need to do because we document stuff. We have a good project management system and we communicate really well. That's, I mean, that's, that is what makes or breaks agencies, especially as they scale. And it sounds like you mm-hmm. have it down. It's the people who I speak with, and you can tell by the way they even talk about it when they have it down or when they don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Mike, I think it was Mike Lewandowski who I interviewed who does Facebook ads a, a while ago. And, you know, he's very, you know, you could just tell by him that they're super efficient in what they do. And, and like you're saying, having a good onboarding process, making it easy to, to bring these people in, get the campaign started, get the info that you need. Um, and, you know, having the right tools and softwares in place is it just makes your team more efficient. And um, 
overall then that that leads to you know better results for the client and satisfaction for your team too because they're not chasing you looking for bits and bobs of you know all sorts of things what do i do here what do i do there yeah absolutely i think that especially if you're if you're building a business that's with a remote team like your ability to attract and retain quality people is is gonna be what makes or breaks your business at the end of the day um, you know, like a, attracting quality clients and attracting quality team members. And so if you're, you're not able to bring people on board and give them good solid work and let them know how they're doing a good job and give them the ability to do their job well, like you're going to struggle to, to retain people. But I think that, you know, like, again, just through trial and error, we figured out, you know, like what our project management system needs to look like, what our company knowledge base needs to look like and how to communicate. And um, I think that like has made things much smoother. And what sort of tools do you use to help run your business? Yeah, so we rely really heavily on four tools. Um, The first one is Asana. That's like our project management tool. Um, And so that keeps track of anything that has to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one we rely really heavily on is one called Confluence. And that's kind of like our company knowledge base, our like company wiki. So anything that we know how to do, any of our processes, procedures, um, Facebook is this constantly changing machine. So anything that we do from like a procedural standpoint or projects that we deliver gets staved in there um, so that we can do them next time and do them more efficiently. Google Docs is like huge. I mean, anything that has to be shared with clients or anything like that, we pretty much, we just send a lot of Google Docs to people that have strategies, numbers, and all that stuff. Um, And then Slack is like our communication channel. If we just need to chat throughout the day, um, we can jump on Slack and talk with team members. That's awesome. Confluence, I've never heard of that. So that's a you know there you go a new, new new tool for me to explore and look into um from the knowledge management point of view um yeah that's awesome i i, I look forward to getting stuck into that one and within Cl- confluence can you have videos like you know i know a lot of people use zoom and they make videos that explain what they're doing and then they save them in uh you know in, in their standard operating procedures is that what confluence allows you to do as well yeah, I mean, you can drop a, a, a Loom link. So pretty much like we used to do Google Docs, um, but what I felt like with Google Docs was it became like very cumbersome to uh, store all this stuff and it was just kind of getting lost and we didn't use it as much. Confluence, basically, uh, I found about Confluence through a friend of mine who who uses it. And then when I decided to make the move was I was talking with a guy at one of my co-working spaces and he was a developer for a a big company that had like a banking app and they had like, uh, you know, a hundred some employees and they all used Confluence to be like a remote team. And so I was like, wow, this thing can really handle a lot of information and a lot of data and still be manageable. So much like Google Docs, you know, you just have pages where you can store everything, but it's way more visual. It's way more easy to navigate. You can link stuff together. You can have images, videos all stored in there. Um, so it's really just like, yeah, you know, like if we have client calls, the notes go in Confluence. If anything that's like an internal team uh, thing that we need to know and reference, it goes in there and then it automatically tracks changes over time and people can comment in there and um, all that stuff. So we're able to like really easily store, you know, how we do things as a company. And that's been something that we've like really focused a lot on uh, building up. 
it sounds sounds super good and um you know, I look forward to exploring it. So um Bryce, I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Um we're just coming towards the end of the episode. So it, you know, for anybody who's listening to this who is sitting, maybe they are over there in America and they're over in Texas and, and they're listening in and they're just they would like to create a business and create a lifestyle that allowed them to work online and travel and be remote. Um you know, what would be your tips for somebody who's in that position right now? Yeah, I think there's like a huge opportunity and we're seeing a major shift in um, what kind of work people are going to be doing in the future. And so if you want to work remote, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think one of the biggest things is just like skill development, right? Like there's a bunch of skills out there that if you know how to do like your ability to work remote, it becomes very easy. So like the thing that I learned how to do is uh, digital advertising and marketing. Uh, You know, my, my friends that are developers can work remote. My friends that are writers can work remote. So like there's a huge number of skills that just give you the ability to work remote. So I think getting started there is a really good idea. I think if you want to work remote, like, uh, jumping. There's one thing actually I wish I would have done, maybe not wish I would have done differently, would have done differently in hindsight is if you know you want to do, start a business, work remote, do something online, you already are clear about what it does. I would go work for somebody that does that for like a year because um, you can learn so much uh, getting to see how someone that owns a business that you want to be running operates and take that to what you're doing because I kind of figured all this out on my own. And I think that actually slowed down my, my growth curve, right? Cause I had to figure out, you know, how to be a marketer, run a business all at the same time. So I think that's a really good idea is just like, know what you want to do, go find a job doing exactly that work there for a year and then move on. That's it. And kind of like an apprenticeship model where where you're learning, you get to see, as you say, under the hood or behind the scenes where what tools do they use? How do they approach it? How do they manage it? And and you get to learn all that and uh, without having to use your own your own money or essentially getting paid for your education during the process, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great way to go. Um, So, yeah, I think that a lot of people who want to be doing this kind of work, I think I think one of the biggest things that people, you know, that I talk to people who want to be doing this is, is they just think that it's like harder to get into. But I really think, you know, being in this world, like there's so much opportunity. I know so many people who run online businesses that are trying to always find good talent. So if you know what you're passionate about, you know what you like doing, or you know you're where you're inclined to like doing, you know, maybe you're more of a writer type of creative person, or maybe you're more of like a numbers data person, or maybe you're a developer and you like to build things with, with code, like whatever you like doing, you know. You can find work in companies that are looking for talent that includes remote work and get started. And then, you know, if you want to build your own business or grow within a company, however you want to do it, um, you can do that in, you know, in the long run. That's it, Bryce. I totally, I'm on, I'm on your uh, page there with regards to that, especially around the, doing the apprenticeship option and, you know, having the skills, these things change over time and there are certain skills that are more desirable if you're looking to get into this uh, sort of work. So Bryce, um, thank you for taking the time for joining us. Where can people find you online if they were looking to speak with you? Yeah. So uh, my website is majorimpactmedia.com. That's the agency stuff. So if you want to learn about advertising or anything we're doing there, um, you can check that out. Uh, Building It Online podcast is uh, the podcast I have on iTunes. And then um, if you go to my website, I've got all the social medias there and I'm at my computer pretty much all day, every day during the week. So 
you can uh, you can you can reach out to me on the social medias and uh, I'll get right back to you. Amazing. Thank you, Bryce, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.